Hey everyone, and welcome to 30 Extra Lives, the podcast. We are at episode number 11, and I'm your host, Tom Lynch. Now, uh, as a follow-up from last week, uh, selling a home and then finding a new home is super stressful, so I actually didn't have time to put together a, uh, a larger piece like I normally would, uh, a larger thesis, if you will. So, in lieu of that, I figured I'd take a page out of every other podcast in the world's book and just talk about what I have been up to in terms of, you know, fun stuff. Not my day-to-day, oh God, oh God, I need to paint this room stuff. So anyway, I figured I'd, uh, I'd start out right now. Uh, I've been reading, actually not many comics recently. I have not made it to the shop in a bit. I need to get down there. Um, but I have found time to start reading Ready Player One, which is a book that everyone flipped their lids about two years ago. When did Ready Player One come out? Ready Player One came out a little bit ago. A little, 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 little bit ago. But uh, but yeah, so so I started on that. Uh, the beginning of that book is awful. It is one of the worst openings to a book. I th- oh my god, it was published in 2011. Yeesh, I am way behind. Uh, anyway, <laughs> the opening to that book is bad. It's very very bad. It's it just it reeks of oh god oh god look at me I'm a nerd. Uh, like I I don't see there's no. Nothing good comes from the lines of just, oh, we used to play old arcade games like Galaga and, and they just list off like 20, it's like a paragraph of game names, like, I don't care. It's like, oh, we loved watching movies like War Games, and that was, and I just, I don't see what good that does. It's, you know, hey, congratulations, you know pop culture from the 80s, and it's not going to impress me like wait yay you're a nerd kind of but you seem very very earnest to tell people that you are a nerd like just settle down pal uh but i'm about halfway through uh, i think the world they set up outside of the simulation is very interesting uh, i think the world they set up within the simulation is interesting. The uh, you know the crux of the book is is this mystery that's built within the uh, the simulation that everyone plays. Uh, you know everyone puts on their VR headsets, and uh, it's kind of a post-apocalyptic type world. Uh, not everything's great there, so everyone likes to escape into this game. And that's all. It's a good idea. I like the idea behind it, and I think it's getting better as it goes because. It kind of found a plot and stopped leaning so heavily into it, but there's still like moments where it has they just have to like oh just joust like joust is a big plot point in the first like third of the book, and it's like come on, like I don't I know what joust is everyone knows what joust is like uh, I, I I don't know I don't know I, I I do I am liking it a lot better as it goes along so we'll see if that continues. Uh, but, you know, so far halfway through the book, Ready Player One, I give it a solid, I don't know, two stars out of five. I'm liking it better. I, I would have given it zero at the start. Uh, but, but yeah, I just, it feels like it's trying too hard. It should just, it can just, you can just 
have nerdy references in your book. You don't have to go like, hey, here's a reference. No, seriously, stop. Look, remember this sentence back here? That was a reference to a video game from the 80s. Oh, in case you didn't know, this is what Atari was. And hey, let me explain all the things I know. And I realize the irony in complaining about something that I probably do on a daily basis. But that's one of those things I clearly don't like about myself. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, I got another half of that book to go. Who knows? Maybe I'll love it by the end. Um, I am, I am kind of into it now. Like I want to see where it goes. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of all I've been reading. I kind of, I kind of bounce between reading, you know, a prose book and then a comic, uh, graphic novel or a collection. So, uh, right now I'm in my prose book time. Uh, so <laughs> that's, that's all I've been reading. Just the one book. Um, now what have I been playing? So video games, I've been bouncing around a handful of games and uh and I got a couple thoughts. So first I've been I finally started playing Headlander, which uh came out last year from Double Fine. I believe they were the developer as well as the publisher. Um but what it is is it's kind of like a well, I guess we're going to go there. It's like a 80s future type uh, Metroidvania game. I know Metroidvania is not like a a popular term these days, and I'm not really sure why. But Headlander came out, yeah, actually exactly a year ago. It came out July 2016. Uh, and you are a head. You're just a human head flying around a space station that's just robots. And so you can, you know, take the heads off the robots and then take over the bodies. And so the game is split up into these sections, much like a Metroidvania. You know, you have to find new abilities to move forward. So the way Headlander does it is it does it by a, uh, a color scheme. So red robots have like the lowest level of um, security. And then it goes up to orange and yellow. And I think green is next. Uh, and I don't think I've gotten past that. But it's, uh, it's fun. It's, there are moments where it seems a little too hard and a little too punishing. But once you kind of get around that, uh, it's it's a it's a fun fun game. Like I I love those kinds of Metroidvania games, especially ones that are not necessarily like huge and sprawling. Like this one, it's a big game, but it is a twenty dollar downloadable. So I know I only have to put in X number of hours to see the whole thing through. And it's just it's it's been a lot of fun. It's got some good humor. Uh, you've got a you know a voice telling you where to go and what to do. And that's, and that guy's funny. Like he's got kind of a southern drawl, and he's trying to tell you like how to do this and that. I'm almost certain that he's going to turn out to be evil by the end, but that just may be the Bioshock in me. So I don't really know how it's going to go. Maybe there's no big twist, but that's my feeling on it. So then I've been playing Persona Five. So I pre-ordered Persona Five. I pre-ordered the stupid edition of Persona Five, and then I got it, and then it sat. And it sat for about two or three months because I was playing Uncharted 5. Also, no, Uncharted 4. Um, so I'm finally in Persona 5. I still haven't made it to the point where the game lets you play the game yet. Like, I'm still getting introduced to concepts. Uh, I think I'm really close to the part where I can just do whatever I want at the end of the day. Um, but so far, the the look of that game is great. Uh, I... I don't really know how I like all the characters yet. Your first friend, Ryoji, is like, he's fine. Um, and then Anne is the next character you meet. And I only know she becomes part of your party from 
you know, pre-release trailers and stuff. She's got a pretty distinctive look. Also, she's got a pretty distinctive look. And a lot of characters in the background and persona look the same. So the ones that look crazy are the ones you know you're going to hang out with. Uh, the, the first, I, I think I'm five or six hours in. And the first several hours of the game are just like, hey, how can we be as much of a dick to this kid as possible? Like, just from the start, it's like, you're... You're a waste. Like you're the the character you play has um like tried to do the right thing, tried to stand up for someone, ended up on the wrong side of a lawsuit, and so got shipped off to this dude, uh, who you don't really know why. Uh, at least at the start, I assume that's something that becomes apparent later in the game. Uh, why you go to this guy specifically, but to you know to go to school somewhere else, just like every other Persona game, you're a transfer student of some kind. So the first big uh, villain that you come across is actually a teacher at the school and I assume there are other teachers that you'll talk to and have uh, social links with and all that stuff. Uh, I'm getting a little bit into the the ideas of the combat system. Uh, it's, you know, it all seems very Persona. You know, you're hitting weaknesses and, uh, and everything like that. Like that game has style coming out of every orifice. Uh, just every menu looks great. Uh, the sound is amazing. Uh, it's just, it's a really cool game. Makes a pretty good first impression, but it is a long first impression. And, and that's just, you know, that's par for the course for JRPGs. So I look forward to playing more of that. Uh, a couple other quick hits. I've been playing uh, Shovel Knight for the Switch. Uh, I hadn't played it before. Um, so I figured like, hey, you know, I had the Switch. It came, you know, I bought Zelda with it, which, you know, I could only play with my girlfriend present. And I needed a game to play on my own because I had a new piece of uh, hardware. And uh, you know how it goes. So I uh, picked up Shovel Knight. And uh, that game's pretty good. It's it's very much a throwback to 8-bit Mega Man games, mostly. Uh, you get different abilities and such. Uh, plays pretty well. Uh, my main problem with it, <clears throat> excuse me. My main problem with it is that there's more animation priority than I would prefer in a game like that. A game where it's it's very much about you know quick reactions. It takes you know it takes half a second to wind up uh, the shovel for an attack. And, you know, coming from a game like Mega Man, where the instant you hit the button, you shoot a bullet, uh, it, it takes some getting used to. But, uh, but yeah, I finished the main quest, uh, and then I started on the Plague Knight uh, expansion, and then it also comes with the Spectre Knight expansion as well. So uh, I figured I'd just kind of work through those and, and see how they go. So far, the Plague Knight thing is just you're playing through the same levels as the Plague Knight, which is kind of neat. It's a little different, uh, but it's, uh, I don't know. Kind of less than I was expecting out of it, but uh, maybe, maybe there's more as, as you get deeper in. They they did add some new stuff to town, uh, and and they do some cool stuff with uh, with the idea that it's happening at the same time as uh, Shovel Knight is out running around the world. So I look forward to kind of seeing what they do more there. Uh, and that game is way into its lore. Uh, it really likes the the world it's built, and it, it it built a pretty cool world. And it's an interesting kind of place. It's not. I don't think it's worth the time they spend on it throughout the game, but hey, far be it from me to tell you not to spend time on your lore if you've been reading Third Extra Lives recently. Uh, let's see. 
So yeah, also on the Switch, I've been playing Neo Turf Masters, uh, which is an old Neo Geo arcade game. It's just golf. It's a good golf game. Uh, it's got a three-click system for swinging, which uh, if you don't know what that means, it means you're hitting a button three times to swing. So you hit it once to start a meter, you hit it again to stop the meter at a percentage of your shot, and then you hit it a third time as a uh, kind of like an aim. So if you're hitting high on the ball, low on the ball, or right in the middle. Uh, the timing on it's pretty good. It's a good port. Like, it runs really well. It looks nice. Uh, the Japan course is really hard, and I was really close. Oh, I was so close to getting a good score, and I accidentally reset everything. Heads up, you guys. Read the warnings on the reset buttons. I was trying to reset the display, and it turns out I reset the console and my progress. So it was all gone. But uh, Neo Turf Masters is fun. It's a fun little old arcade golf game. You know, it's clearly meant for arcades. Because, you know, it has stuff where you enter credits, and if you don't get uh, a birdie on a course or better, uh, you lose a life and you start with only three lives. So, you know, in real life, I'd be spending five bucks to get through 18 holes, but uh, but it's a, it's a good one. It's definitely a good one. And, uh, and last but not least, I've been playing a little bit of Binary Domain. It's a third-person shooter from uh, several years ago uh came out on the 360 i think the ps3 and then uh, also pc uh the reason i'm playing is because uh, waypoint radio uh, another podcast they're doing like a kind of game of the month book club type thing um where they play through a game and talk about it on a podcast so i'd always wanted to play binary domain figured i'd jump into it and it is the most you know b-level gears of war knockoff that that there is it, uh, it plays fine. Like, you can kind of run around, you can hide behind cover, you can shoot robots. Uh, but but what makes that game interesting is what they do with the world. So, uh, the, the way the world works is that there are these robots, like, there's robots everywhere. And, like, there's, like, a militar- demilitarized zone or militarized zone or something. Like, Japan is, like, behind some giant wall, like, surrounded by robots. I'm not really sure what. They haven't completely covered what's happening there. But the geopolitics of this world are very strange. Uh, and a lot of it revolves around these robots. So a lot of robots uh, are just, you know, they're just robots. They look like robots. But then they find people that, it turns out, they look like they're human. They think they're human. And then, like, you know, some of their face rips off or whatever, and they see that they're a robot. And this was supposed to be illegal, so everyone thinks the only guy that could do this is a dude in Japan. So they send guys with guns to go find out. And uh, And what they're kind of getting at is what is life you know what is the essence of like what what makes being human human what what makes you know our lives more important than a robot's life because if a robot thinks he's human looks like he's human believes he's human he has the thoughts of a human why is that less important than if you are biologically human so you know it's 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 kind of a you know, I, I guess hard sci-fi is, is the term for it. I'm not, I don't really know. I'm not good at those type of genres. But it, it poses just an interesting philosophical question about what is life? What is a soul? And, you know, there are moments in the game where they kill robots and they just call them, you know, scrap heads or whatever. And the robots think they're people. And so they have these feelings. And But, but people around them are like, what does it matter to you? You're just a robot. Like, you don't count. Like, I can kill you and it doesn't count. So, um... So it raises some interesting questions. So I'm curious to see where the story goes, even if the gameplay is, you know, pretty meh. 
Um, but they do they do some cool things with their world. Ah, that's I guess kind of a lot of games we play at one time. I usually try and stick to like one game at a time, but uh, kind of bouncing around a lot of stuff recently. Uh, so one last thing, I've been watching a couple things recently. Um, I finally got around to seeing Pacific Rim. That movie's okay. I don't quite get why everyone was so crazy about it when it came out. Because it opens really strong with all the robots, and then it's what feels like two straight hours of nothing, and then more robots. So I don't know, maybe I missed the point or something, but it just it, it did not speak to me in the way that I thought a kaiju-type battle movie would. Um... Being as seeing as I love you know I love Godzilla and and those types of movies so I don't know why this didn't grab me uh, but I don't know it was okay it just seemed way too long like the the the, the middle bit where they're trying to get you to uh, like believe in the the characters and then care about them I just just didn't just didn't do it for me and sadly that's a bulk of the movie. Um, Charlie Day's really good, though. Uh, but yeah, we'll see what happens with the sequel. I guess that's supposed to come out next year. Uh, then last night, I watched uh, WWE Extreme Rules. Uh, oh, boy. I shouldn't have said last night. I'm peeling back the curtain. I didn't record it. Anyhow, uh, it was a pretty good show. Um, kind of the, the highlights that I remember are the uh, the Hardy Boys and uh, Sheamus and Cesaro tag steel cage match. Uh, it was a good match. I think they did some fun stuff. You know, Jeff Hardy jumped off the cage because that's how he do. And uh, and the Hardys lost. So I wonder if this is going to be the beginning of the uh, the broken gimmick that they made so famous over in TNA. Because uh, there are rumors going around about WWE trying to buy the rights to that stuff and then the contracts and... All that kind of junk I'm not going to get into because, number one, I'm not as informed on it as I should be if I'm really going to talk about it. And number two, I don't really care. Um, (laughs) But we'll see what they do with those characters. Uh, Matt Hardy came out looking distinctly less broken uh, during his entrance and during the match. Uh, Although he did respond very much to a delete chant. So we'll see. uh, We'll see what comes of that. I'm curious how they go. Um the Bailey and uh oh my god I'm blanking on her name that's bad oh the Harley Quinn girl oh no uh well I gotta look this up now I feel really dumb Alexa Bliss oh man I feel wow I can't believe I forgot that so it's Bailey versus Alexa Bliss in a kendo stick on a pole match and uh I always thought on a pole matches were dumb. So uh, here's one with the stick on it. Although it's weird. They kept saying whoever gets the stick can use it legally in this match. Bailey gets the stick first and ends up not using it because she's too good hearted a person. But then Alexa Bliss just picks it up and wails on her and wins. Like what I thought the whole point was that whoever, like the way they phrase it throughout the entire night. It's whoever gets the stick first can use it. It does not say then it's just a, a, a weapon. It's just in the ring. Anyone can use it. It says the person who gets it first. They don't even explain their own rules right. <laughs> but Bailey has just been getting destroyed by Alexa Bliss for weeks. And then she rolls it and destroys her again. So I, I don't know what... I don't know what they're doing 
I don't know what they're doing. It, it was a it was a really quick match, and like I feel like I looked down and looked up, and it was over. It, it just eh, that was a bummer. I didn't like that. Uh, and then the final, the fatal five way for the number one contendership to fight Brock Lesnar at the Balls of Fire pay per view is the next name. It's Balls of Fire. Like that's the best. That's the, that's the name. Like anyway. Uh, what was it? it? Was Finn Balor, Samoa Joe, Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, and the Eater of Worlds, Bray Wyatt. I cannot believe I remember all of their names, and I did not remember Alexa Bliss's name. But basically, this match proved that all of them can go. It was a great match, top to bottom. Uh, I don't remember really being bored at all. Like they 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 kept everything interesting. Like you had a bunch of characters kind of in and out throughout the whole thing. And a ton of, you know, false positives. You know, it's it's there were several moments in the match where it looked like it was gonna end and it didn't and uh and you know, some were some were very telegraphed, but some weren't, and they set up some really good spots. Uh it was just a just an all around fun match. Uh and then Samoa Joe walked away with it. Uh I'm not a huge Samoa Joe fan. I know that a lot of wrestling people are. Uh so good for them. Uh, but I also don't really care for Brock Lesnar. I, I think the character they've built is interesting, and I think I talked about it before, even on the WrestleMania podcast. But uh, y- you know, I don't know. I guess Samojo is the guy, right? Like you want him to go against Brock, and maybe they can have a real match, since he's just supposed to be this like you know huge badass. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens at uh, Great Balls of Fire pay per view. Uh, in just five weeks on the network uh, and uh, and we'll see how it goes uh, I'm, I'm curious I'm curious what they'll do with this Brock Lesnar thing anymore like he's you know you know he beat Goldberg and uh, whatever I don't know I don't know you know Samoa Joe is, is he's a he's an intense character so you know we'll see how that goes um, but yeah and then uh, then final little thing uh, those of you of a certain age will remember, um, you know, older cartoons like, you know, Scooby-Doo, Yogi Bear, uh, you know, Wacky Races, stuff like that. You know, and those are those predate me uh, pretty well, but they were on Cartoon Network back in the day, uh, back when Cartoon Network only played cartoons. Uh, and then they eventually spun off a new network called Boomerang, which was meant to show those old cartoons once they got supplanted by all the new cartoons uh, that that were coming out, like the cartoon cartoon stuff, you know, the Johnny Bravo, the Courage of the Cowardly Dog, that kind of thing. So Boomerang was like there, okay, like, you know, you old fogies still want to watch, you know, when Mama Cass was on Scooby-Doo, like, here you go. So they have finally started a subscription service of their own. It's five bucks a month, and it has... Not a great selection of cartoons, but a pretty good one. Um, you know, they have a handful of Looney Tunes. They actually have Courage. Um, they've got Scooby-Doo and uh, and Wacky Races. And just last night, right before I was falling asleep, I was like, I feel like watching Wacky Races. So I, you know, I popped on. I got my, you get a seven-day free trial with it. And I watched the first episode. Um, that show is kind of a nothing. I I like it a lot still. You know, I was just grinning ear to ear the whole time watching it. I can't imagine what it's like for someone else to come into it with no... 
like no history with it. It's 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 kind of like a it's a bizarre show. They spend the first solid like three minutes introducing all the characters and they reintroduce them like throughout the episode. And the episode's eleven minutes long. It's not like they have a ton of time to work with. Uh, it's just really it's odd. So I, I don't I don't know. I'm still gonna keep watching it because I liked that show a lot and I've wanted to watch it and uh, I've held myself from buying the DVD set because they're always like. 50 or 60 bucks and it's like i know that show ran 20 episodes you guys like i'm not paying that much for that but you know five bucks a month you know i can swing that uh so yeah and i'm curious to see what else they have on the service it it is a small selection um so i assume that'll grow as time goes uh i hope it does but it's as far as the actual product like you know i spun it up i just did it on my iphone uh it just connected into my apple account you know i paid through apple pay uh, and then that was it. I, I was off to the races. Ha ha. The wacky races. You can't, you can't see my crappy grin right now, but I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy with that. That wasn't, that wasn't planned. I'm, oh boy. Okay. Uh, but it worked really well. It streams just fine. Like no hiccups. Like I was able to pick the episode I wanted, hit play, and it went. And it does the autoplay thing. It just jumps in the next episode, which I had to turn off because I had to go to sleep. But I think, uh, I think with that awful wacky races joke, I am going to end this one. So this was a bit of a bit of a, a random one and a, an amuse bouche, if you will. Uh, I don't know how often we'll be doing this because um, I prefer the the more long firm long firm long oh boy i prefer it long and firm hehe <laughs> i prefer the more long form pieces uh but you know talking about random stuff i've been doing it's not it's not that bad not that bad but uh next week we're back on the turtle train for episode number four of the next mutation and we might actually do a couple next mutation episodes in a row uh i will be dealing with house stuff still and those are the quickest ones to put out because i don't have to put in as much time beforehand because all i do is watch an episode as opposed to all of the research i do for my other pieces so uh we'll see we'll see how it goes but next week episode four of uh, east meets west of ninja turtles the next mutation uh watch it at a time if you want to hang out and uh, know what i'm talking about or just come back and and listen to me explain it to you because uh i actually can't really recommend anyone spend any other time watching it Ever. Okay. So I've been Tom Lynch for ThirdActualLives.com. As always, come back every Tuesday for another episode of Third Extra Lives, the podcast. Uh, hit up 30extralives.com for a webcomic every Monday and Friday. And every Wednesday, go to our sister site, thecatwhoalwaysdies.com, for a little non sequitur business. Uh, not actual non sequitur of the comic, but my own. I make a non sequitur. Non sequitur is a term that exists. That uh, I'm on Twitter at TLynch117. Uh, you can shoot me an email at 30extralives at gmail.com. Any questions you send there, I will answer here on the air. And we're on Facebook, facebook.com slash 30extralives. Uh, go over there, get us a like. You know, it it, it really does help. Uh, and I appreciate it. It's nice. It's nice to see. Uh, okay. So uh, that's going to do it for me. And that's going to do it for us. Thanks for tuning in. I've been Tom Lynch, and you've been awesome. <laughs>